Chris Nelson and Dennis Jolly are going to be speaking with us today. The topic they spoke about yesterday at Shishman was managing outside agencies and freelancers to save time, money, and sleepless nights. They're coming from the client's perspective. They're with the University of Utah Healthcare. And they covered six principles, and uh, we've had fun sitting around the table already talking about this, so we're just going to have an informal interview and talk about things. And I guess the first issue is the topic is surprising to a lot of people. You know, the whole idea of actually saving money with agencies, isn't it more expensive to hire an outside person? Yeah, so just, you know, using outside agencies to, uh, to really flex your staff. You could have great people, um, but it's still helpful to, uh, to use outside folks. And if you're a small shop, it's a great way to, to flex staff and bring in some creative ideas as well. Yeah, modern healthcare marketing, you can't rely on any one person to do too many things. There are so many areas in marketing and public affairs and communications that require people to really focus, require a specific skill set. And you can't ask somebody who's a really great uh, writer, for example, to necessarily also be your web guru. Um, so outside help can help you be more efficient in the long run. And our idea was that if you have some core principles in terms of how you work with the outside agency, you can actually save yourself time, money, and, like we said, uh, get more sleep. Yeah. So we'll just go through the principles. Yeah, sure. Although, uh, let me ask a question before we go to the principles. How did you guys come to this conclusion? Did you start this way, or did you evolve your thinking over time? Well, it's a good question. So actually, the, the genesis of this entire presentation, Dennis and I were having lunch with a colleague, and we started talking about, boy, what do I wish... What do I know now that I wish I had known then, back when I first started? And I, I, I had a lot of headaches, a lot of sleepless nights, because I wanted to be the jack of all trades. My, my personal story is I was asked to design a LASIK brochure for an ophthalmology clinic, and so I learned InDesign. I went and shot all this photography, and after about 50 hours of work, I had designed the worst LASIK brochure ever. And I thought, There's, I'm, I'm a good writer. I'm a good project manager. So I hired a graphic designer, and about three hours later, they gave me a beautiful LASIK brochure. And I had the epiphany of like, oh, I should go with my strengths. I'm a good writer. I can manage a project. That person's a graphic designer. And I just saved myself, you know, 40 hours worth of work. And it only cost me a few hundred dollars. So, And I think a lot of people in our field do try um, to be a jack of all trades in some ways. And so it's really important in our view, you know, like we... We came to the conclusion of, of uh, doing this presentation just because it's there's so much that we wish we'd known, and we felt like we, you know we're simple people, so we could boil it down <laughs> into uh, a few simple steps. So um, you know the first principle is uh, demonstrate need, and you know you have to. Th this requires thinking about what you're doing, right? You can't just. It's not. Hey, I got a new job as a marketing director at the hospital. Oh, and I'm going to hire an agency because if you don't know what you need them for, um, you're you're going to be in trouble. But uh, Chris also has a story related to somebody he uh, used to work with. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, Dennis. So my, my mine was at a more personal level, which was I, I was counseling a, a new person who was in a new director role, and um, my advice to him was, you need to 
you know, you're, you're a director, you need to direct, you need to hire some freelancers. But the feedback I got after this person left the organization was, you know, it's, it's helpful to ask for freelancers after you have demonstrated that you, you yourself can't do it. So my advice for people who are new into those management roles, knock it out of the park for the first six or seven months, show your superiors how hard you're working, how much you're doing, and then ask for the outside help. Don't just go into it that way. You really need to, you need to gain the trust, demonstrate the need, and then make a case for bringing in outside folks. And be strategic about the need that you're demonstrating. You know, talk to your leadership about we need expertise in search for this reason. And I could learn search. I can go buy, you know, search engine optimization for dummies. But is that really what we want in the organization? Or do we want to get up to speed quickly and well? And if you really are careful about how you make the case to administration, I think they will generally support you. That's great. You guys were also talking about it's certainly common for a lot of hospital marketing departments to be stretched anyway. Beyond the expertise issue, there's the whole idea of, like, we don't have time for this. I hear that over and over and again. They certainly aren't talking, looking around for things to do. Yeah, exactly. So principle two, embrace your strengths and compensate for your weaknesses. goes back to my LASIK brochure. I'm not a graphic designer. I learned quickly that I probably shouldn't be a graphic designer. Um, know where you're strong and know when to bring in help. Uh, my other example would be with national media relations. I have a really strong media relations team, and we focus a lot on local and regional. They're, they would be fantastic if I let them loose in national, but again, we, we just don't have the, the the staff support. So, it's it's not uh, it's it's a way to extend your your office as well. And you can go and build national media contacts, or you can go and, and find an agency that focuses on that as well. And it's just it's recognizing what are you good at, and you know, bringing people to make you to make you look good in areas that you're weak. And this requires you know a moment of reflection and uh, some being being honest with yourself. You know. Look at your track record. What have I done well? Am I a great manager? Am I a lousy manager? You know, ask people you've worked with inside your organization, agencies, friends. You know, you really have to know what you're good at um, in order to identify the thing the areas where you need help. That's terrific. And the uh, last comment, this is Stuart here, the, what I would say is that in our team, we have about 70 people who work with us. That, so just for example, on websites, there are writers, designers, programmers, search engine optimization experts who are different than pay-per-click people, who are different than social media people. The, uh, healthcare marketing is a world of specialists, and trying to be a jack-of-all-trades is, is particularly in a hospital level, but even on the private practice level, there's a lot of different people involved, and nobody's great at everything. Um, so the principle number three is? Uh, remember that you are in charge as the client. Um, we, uh, we, we've, everybody has dealt with, if you're on the in-house side, everyone's dealt with an agency that just, you know, they always are right. And uh, it's easy sometimes to get bullied around by, a, especially if you're new to healthcare marketing on the, in, on the hospital side, you bring in a big agency. You know, these are smart people, but you got to remember you are in charge. So my advice to folks out there, if you're in your first kind of director marketing role, don't be afraid to, to push back on, on agencies. Yeah, and you need to learn how to, within your own style, have those difficult conversations. Um, I, I, I don't, don't know that that comes easy or natural to many people, but it's an absolute critical um, skill that you have to develop in terms of how to have an honest and direct conversation um, and push back appropriately. I mean, if you're, uh, the phrase we used yesterday is if you're a screaming diva, 
where you, you are always right and you're always yelling at, you know, at your agency or something. Nobody's going to want to work with you and your staff probably don't either. So it, it's, you know, it's about, goes back, it's related to the boundaries thing. You're in charge, you're the customer, but, you know, you also have to listen. I think there's a philosophical thing here, too. We talked about a little bit prior to uh, doing the recording, which is essentially what is your agency's objective? Are they out to win awards? Are they out to win patients? Our firm, for example, is really focused on winning patients, uh, not by proving how smart or how clever we are. And I think it's really important that whomever you end up using to get somebody who's philosophically in alignment with you. Otherwise, you're doomed from the start, really, frankly. And they, we're ashamed, we don't have time for you. Or you guys can share. I don't know if you want to talk about that um, in terms of some of the horror stories you guys have had in the past. But clearly, um, you can have some unproductive discussions if people aren't on the same page. I would just tell you, if, if you have a graphic designer who's freelancing and you're doing a report for older donors to your organization and they won't go above a 10-point font, you probably need to find a new graphic designer. Um, so, like we talked about, art for art's sake is sometimes not great marketing. So, principle number four, uh, setting boundaries. Uh, and that, that can be applied both to setting boundaries inside your, your office as far as, you know, who's going to uh, be in charge of what, but also setting boundaries with the agency. What my personal example with this is, you know, set boundaries. If, if, you are, if you're the director of marketing or the manager or in a new coordinator position, own it. You know, don't let the agency come in and present to your CEO. You need to, you need to be owning that. You need to do that. So the boundary in one sense would be, you know, how do you manage the agency internally? Dennis has got some other thoughts on that as well. I think, too, especially if you move into an organization or into a role where there's an existing agency relationship, um, they may want to you know, kind of take the lead and tell you what the plan is. But, uh, you know, you need, to, you need to remember that you're in charge. But I think there's also issues around boundaries in terms of making yourself more efficient, um, saying to the agency, these are the boundaries I need you to work in, budgetary, timelines, other expectations, service expectations, setting boundaries with your staff in terms of how they relate to the outside agency, who talks to the agency about what kinds of projects, what is your communication flow, and setting boundaries with your uh, administration and physicians. Um, physicians are used to being right in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know, shocker, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I've, I've had to say... To a group, you know, I'm not going to de design the marketing campaign by committee. You are not all going to get final sign-off or copyright, copy editing or privileges or responsibilities because that's not what your job is. You know, I need your creative input. I need your expertise on making sure the content is correct or accurately describing our services, that kind of thing. But, you know... You hired me for a reason. It's, it's like I say, when I was working with, specifically with our neurosurgeons, I said, look, what I do isn't brain surgery, but you're not very good at it. So that's why you hired me. Um, and you kind of have to remember that and help, you know, I don't want to say, you know, you have to put them in a box, but make sure that everybody knows their role. I would encourage newbies out there, though, to, uh, to get some wins, wins under your belt before you uh, yeah, <laughs> engage in that conversation. Yeah. Before everyone gets fired. That's great. That's the reality. Uh, principle number five is measure results and sell your successes. 
Yeah, the, the, the key word there is sell your success. So nobody, nobody wants to be a braggart, and it's certainly a balance, but sell is an active word. So measuring your results is pretty obvious, but it's not just reporting your results. It's really get, in, get out there, own it. You know, we are marketing experts, theoretically. And so, you know, get in front of faculty meetings, get in front of your staff meetings, get in front of your administrative team, and make sure you are, you know, not going over the top with selling it, but, you know, but, but demonstrate your return on investment. Learn to speak business. Don't just say, hey, Hey, I have a gut instinct that this billboard's the best way to go. Actually, have some uh, have some measures out there. Yeah, and it's more than oh, look, we have this great new campaign and a slogan and a tagline, and showing it to them at the beginning and then never coming back. Um, you need to come back and say, we did this campaign, we had these results, and. What I've found with physicians in particular is they, they want you to cut to the chase. They don't want to know every little thing, but they want to know, you know, did I get new patients because of what you did? And you need to be able to demonstrate, yes, you did, and we did it purposefully. It wasn't a fluke, and this is how it did. But you also have to recognize, and I think this is a key point, that no patient walks in the door simply because of marketing. And you need to be sell yourself and sell your successes, but also be very clear to share share that those successes, um, particularly with operational leaders. You know, every clinic, every nursing unit, and stuff contributes significantly to uh, a hospital's success. Very, that was terrific. Okay, and then finally, number six for as our principal, we're, um, is to find the right partner, and that's. <laughs> got to be really, really important. So maybe give a sense of um, what you have found doesn't work and maybe what does work. Well, it goes, it goes back to that demonstrating need. You know, what is your need? What are you looking for? So in my experience, I have hired big agencies and I've hired freelancers and I've hired both. Um, you know, if you're new to managing outside agencies, I'd really recommend trying to get a good pool of freelancers. Get a good freelance writer, get a good web consultant, get a good graphic designer. Go with that for a little while. Any agency is going to come in and try to sell you on full service. Not every agency, but most agencies. And in some cases, that's great, but know what you're looking for. Ask the right questions. Our colleague Doug had a great point yesterday. He said, ask behavioral questions. Ask, ask about how, what, was the, what was the time you had a, a really tough client? You know, ask, ask questions, not how good are you, but ask, you know, ask about opportunities when, they were, when ba- things went bad because you're going to get a, a really good sense of um, what people are doing. The other thing, my other quick tidbit is I, I used to drive me crazy when people would come in and just ask me constant questions. I've learned that that actually is a good sign. Look for agencies who want to ask you questions. If they come in and they already know everything, then that's a red flag in my view. Absolutely. You need to find a partner that's curious. And, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, keeping the agency a little hungry. Um, uh, I, you know, pe- people, people, operate, people operate just a little bit better when, when, when they know that there's, a, when there's a carrot in front of them, I think. Uh, test driving agencies and freelancers, I think, is critically important, especially if you've never worked with them. Uh, I, I, would, I, I would almost never... I'm not going to say never, but I would almost never just hire somebody straight out of the box without having had them do at least a small project with me just to get a sense of the process. And uh, I think that's a really smart thing to do. That's terrific. And just a couple, uh, Stuart, again, just a couple of um, things to expand upon that. Um, One, in terms of test projects, it's very common with hospitals, and we see that a lot. And that is a good way to get started. And the the key is to set up – well, hold on. You have a second. Well, I was going to say, but don't, what, what I know makes agencies crazy, and I don't think it's fair from my side either, is give me comp work. I'm going to 
I'm going to ask you to, to, to give me some ideas, and then I'm going to take them and use them internally or something like that. There's a difference between comp work and a test project. Give them a project, let them really do their whole work, and then you can evaluate them. Yeah. Don't ask them to do something free, and then you know, use that as a basis for judgment. Yeah, I, I, this is Chris. I would frame it this way. Before you sign a year-long contract or a two-year retainer, give them some project by project. You should always pay freelancers. You should always pay agencies for their work. There is, in my view, there should never be anything as such as comp. That's just that's a dangerous precedent. You know, it's funny. I'm glad you guys brought that up. It's like, I can't say that. Of course you'd say that. You're the agency. But the, you know, we don't do it. We just don't do comp work. We can't. We're busy. We've got lots of clients. It doesn't make sense for us because at the end of the day, I've got 80 people to write checks for every month. I can't, you know, do stuff like that. I just don't have time. But that's not even really the point. Um, the key is, what, you know, finding the right thing. And one of the things you mentioned is the test project. That's very common. Um, a key thing there, I think, is to find a project big enough that is substantial enough the agency can put some resources to, right? Because uh, if it's too small, then we can't put any resources to, but small enough that it's affordable and it's a good um, dry one. Another thing you guys mentioned uh, was about you know asking questions, and it's funny. I just got off um, an email from one of our clients, and I can understand his point of view. He said, geez, didn't we ask these questions? Because they're a new client. They're into the process. They've got multiple stakeholders. And he said, well, geez, didn't we cover these questions, you know, a couple weeks ago? And it's like, you know, we have a team here, and I need to make sure we are absolutely clear where we're going because otherwise um, it just doesn't make sense. If we're not starting off on the right basis, um, you're in the uh, – you're in the wrong place. So I think your idea about asking questions is really key. And then finally, the last comment I would make from our standpoint is um, be you aware that, you know, fees can vary wildly. And, you know, a lot of people, it's funny, you know, we have our subscribers, you know, thousands of subscribers, and a lot of people never call us because they assume we're too expensive. So, you know, you never know unless you ask. And, you know, um, so you guys are saying absolutely. I, I, I absolutely agree because there have been times when I asked and I was – pleasantly shocked at how cheap it was going to be to get something done with outside help. And that's actually one of the key things here is you can save time and money getting outside help if you do it right. Yeah. And, and I've got no vested interest in any company out there, but I would say it used to be always you only go local. But I would say there are some amazing groups. Uh, the way freelancers work now, you don't have to have somebody down the street. You can go across the state. You can go across the country. That, that's something I would have vehemently disagreed with about five years ago, but it, it, I've really changed. You know, it's funny. For our company, I mentioned we have about 80 people work with us, and we have people all across the nation that work for us, and uh, it's a whole new world. And one of the things that, as I mentioned earlier, too, when uh, we were talking offline, that healthcare is a world of specialists, I asked my uh, account director, I was shocked, how many people do you, that interview with us that want to work on our team do you actually hire? And she said 1%. So there's a calling process to figure out, you know, who fits um, creatively, who really, everybody says they're a great writer, right? So for us, we try to do some of that homework for the client, and that's what our job is to sort that all, get them in, onto their proper vision, because everybody needs to be directed, even great writers or great artists or whomever. And those are really key issues. So I guess my comment on that would be to ask. You know, we work with, you know, obviously hospitals and large corporations, but we also work with private practice doctors. So if a private practice doctor or a group can afford us, a hospital can if they really want to, you know. So don't just dismiss it out of hand. Ask. Guys, you know, we're uh, wrapping up here. This was really – I had a lot of fun with this. There's some good chemistry here, and this is a great way to finish up our podcast. Um, do you guys have any further questions or comments that you think would be helpful to our readers? 
listeners. Just just back to our major point, which was, you know, if you're a single person, you know, in a small shop, definitely consider using some outside help. It, it, it can save you, can make you look good, and help you be successful. And even if you're a big shop, um, I think that getting outside help gets you fresh eyes, fresh perspectives, and it's a new way to look at things. And I think that that's always beneficial. Um, if, if you've got a great team internally, there's always something to learn.